Hello and welcome to another episode of the 95 Social Small Business Owners Podcast. Wish Entertainment are Scotland's go-to company for big game or big event entertainment services. Graham and Keith are the team behind Murrayfield and Hamden Park's match day entertainment experience uh, and cover everything from the music that you hear to the actual PA announcements. This is the most broad chat that we've had on the 95 Social Small Business Owners Podcast to date. We spoke about everything from football to rugby to the future of Hamden and of course a lot of business crammed in between. I really enjoyed our chat and got the chance to ask the guys questions that I'd be interested in and that I thought the audience and yourself would be interested in as well. So here they are, it's Graham and Keith up at Hill End and it's Whoosh Entertainments. Okay, so we're here at Whoosh Entertainments up at Hill End in Edinburgh with Graham and Keith. So before I ask you to say how you met, um, just a quick <laughs> That's really not the best question to ask on Valentine's no, Day, but we'll let you off that. How did you guys meet? It is Valentine's Day when we're recording this as well. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a wee bit later when we're putting out, but yeah, yes, yeah. it's Valentine's Day <laughs> for some context. And for some extra context, Graham and Keith are brothers. We so, are. We are. Um, brothers and business partners and founders of Woosh Entertainments. So can you just firstly give us a wee bit of an understanding of how Wish came to be uh, and what Wish Entertainment's music and sport does. Okay, we'll, we'll start with a brief history. Is Go that okay? It, Graham, brief history, history, brief history. Uh, like a lot of people are, who are involved in entertainment in the widest sense, they probably started from a, a mobile disco background, which yeah. is how we started. Uh, and the records would suggest it was about 1990 we started okay. uh, doing uh, Christmas parties and kids' discos and all that kind of stuff. So we started doing that. Always had a great interest in music. Uh, and then kind of moved into sort of DJing in, in nightclubs in Edinburgh, uh, some of which are no longer there. Mm-hmm. Buildings we knocked down, we couldn't go in that. That was great fun, great any, education. Any in particular ones that you can have? Uh, well, I remember DJing at the, it was a place in Semple Street, it's all across part of Edinburgh, which is no longer a club, there's yeah. offices there now. Yeah. Uh, it was called the Ark, nice. it was called the Establishment. I used to do a, a DJ, a kind of party night on a Friday. It was that kind of TFI Friday kind of thing. Right, yeah, people, yeah. Loads of offices, people were coming, it opened at five o'clock. So I did five o'clock till ten o'clock. Yeah. Uh, it was nice kind of party central, leaving nights. They provided <laughs> yeah, free yeah, yeah. food. Right. And back in the day, yeah. I would never get away with this these days. It was a, it's a tagline. It was a pound of drink till yeah, ten. Yeah. Uh, just a bit of fun on a Friday was my unofficial tagline, but that was great fun. And then we did an eighties night in the attic. In the attic, yeah, yep. which is above, well, next to where Sneaky Pete's is. Oh, it was yeah. legends in the attic um, yeah. in that little group. Um, and also it was the Jaffa cake, which was oh, yeah. silk until. Well, so just like a few weeks week, ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaffa yep. Gate was, and we did Wednesday nights and Thursday nights in there, which was like big, the kind of start nice. of the studio, and it was like, I think, I've still got some of the flyers from those, and right. it was like 20 pence of vodka really, type stuff, yeah, and the, the, the start line was like Abba to Blur and everything in between, right. uh, but I, I, I like, that was mid-90s, yep. and musically there was a lot of stuff like, you had really good soundtracks for like Trainspotting, Reservoir yeah, yeah, Dogs, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff, and then so Britpop was appearing, you had the Manchester scene, yep. Spice Girls arrived, and there was a, just a everything. It was yeah, just everything. all this pop great and mix, great, yeah. yeah, great mix of stuff. So yeah, that that's that that was that was. That, I have a good memory of the Jaffa cake. That was yeah. good fun. Yeah. And then we we got onto music because our uncle uh, was a basketball coach. Okay. He had a team, a uh, coach called Buttermere Bars, who were based at Meadowbank Sports Centre in Edinburgh. And we got asked to come along and help at a Christmas tournament. They had uh, invited teams from across the UK, and we did the sort of music at timeouts and half time that kind of. I suppose traditional Americanization of sport, which was kind of a bit alien to 
to, to Scotland. Yeah. But we enjoyed it. It was a natural extension. And then, you know, like a lot of things in business, one thing leads to another, right place, right time. And Scottish rugby were at a, a basketball event, I think. Um, and they kind of asked us and, you know, it's led on from there to do lots of different sports. So sport and music is a natural fit. Because, as you know, when you go to any sporting occasion yeah. at any scale, there's music there. So we've taken it on, I suppose, to the next level and working with different governing bodies to help uh, produce this, the what's now called the match day experience. Yeah. So that is our bread and butter these days, uh, is, is the music and the presentation of sports events. Very good. Um, personally, the phrase match day experience does not appeal to me, yes. especially in a football, a football kind of environment. I do not like that. I like yeah. going to the football and just it being a bit grim and just knowing what I'm expecting. <laughs> but I'm Murrayfield, it's completely different now, all of that. And yeah. that, that is part of the whole day. It's more of a day out. Yes, yes. Um, so you said that you, you guys have kind of, you've built on from that first basketball experience and now do um, larger sporting events, should you say. Um, so can you tell us about, um, firstly, some of the big, bigger sporting events you guys do? Because you really are kind of, have been and still are at the kind of the top national level in terms of sporting announcements. Yeah, I I think obviously things like football-wise in a country like Scotland, so doing cup finals, doing Scotland International, so last year like doing things like the Scotland-England game and these iconic moments where Lee Griffiths' two free kicks, well, obviously it's that I was there moment and very privileged to be so. So you're there at these moments that mean a lot to people. So cup finals... Uh, and obviously in Scotland in football, you know, Celtic and Rangers do dominate. But when you do see clubs like we've seen Inverness win cups, Ross County win cups, St Johnston, you know, and, 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 and you're aware, of, yeah, and Hibs. Well, that was well, I was going to get to that was <laughs> oh, such a massive, massive yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, and and you look at that, and you were there and part of these historic moments, yeah. and, it, and it is a privilege. And you look back and think, wow, yeah, I witnessed that. And it, it, and you see, you look at you know Celtic and Rangers and the great achievements that they've they've had, you know, d- domestically and European as well, but. There is something, you know, and I'm sure these fans won't, you know, they'll understand. We say there's something about this underdog winning, you know, respectfully that you no, know, it does capture the imagination, and that's mm. the same in any sport. Mm. So, so, so you see that, and and I think you know it's just the same with rugby being involved in, you know, international Six Nations games. Um, but away from that, you know, we've been involved with the Commonwealth Games and yeah. the Olympics as well, and other sports, you know, such as you know, say basketball, volleyball, netball. You're you're, you're there and being part of these and mm-hmm. and sports that are, you know, don't attract the attention of the back pages as much as and as football does in this country. So yeah. it's, it's interesting, you know, seeing that and how these sports develop and how they embrace this match the experience your, yeah. your favourite phrase but yeah, I understand yeah. you're putting a show on yeah. so that whole process and being part part of that yeah. and seeing how important it is and giving the spectator value for money um, it, it, there's, there's so much that you know, it's kind of the memories aren't necessarily better because it's been in front of 67,000 mm. people. It could be, you know, witnessing something in, in a, in a yeah. basketball hall yeah. or something that there was 150 or 200 people there because it matters to the people yeah. that were there. And yeah. it, it sounds so cliched, but yeah, it's like, yeah, that was a that was a special moment for the spectators, the mm. players, friends and family. But yeah. the, the, even in a relative short period of time since we've been involved, it is, um, it's changed quite a lot. I mean, you know, going back to the mobile disco days, you know, a mobile disco, you can of turn up and you, you obviously you play what the, what the customer wants mm. uh, for their 21st whatever but you know you still got a lot of freedom what you choose whereas now at sporting events particularly the, the high level ones that have been involved in like Olympics Commonwealth Games Hamden and BT Moneyfield there's a lot of thought 
and a lot of planning and a lot of meetings actually what gets played. Now that may come as a surprise to some people, but that's the attention to detail that now these elite events are at. And you know, every piece of music is you know basically scrutinised yeah. because apart from the obvious things like is it got swearing in it and you've got to edit it or you can't play that, but there's some tunes that might have a sort of connotation with, yeah. with or could be interpreted. So there's a lot of yeah. forensic work that goes on into mm. the music, and then you go beyond that. Actually, you're actually making up what is a, a sort of second-by-second second schedule for the, the big events, the likes of BT Murrayfield and Hamden. It is planned right through, and you work with the governing bodies and you know, the broadcasters to make sure that everybody's you know not clashing with each other and you know Sky are going live at whatever time, then we will respectfully turn the music down, yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it is a case of uh, working together. So there's a lot of work that goes on to make, you know, what, what you'd experience as a supporter. You would never know that, but as Keith said, you know, getting the right tunes at the right time, you know, is a big part of it. And we don't just turn up and say, yeah. what we'll play today kind of thing. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of work that goes into I it. I think an interesting thing with the music, I think one of the most iconic sporting pieces of music is the Champions League theme. Yeah. So you hear that. But the Six Nations rugby has a theme. So that, before the teams come out, there's a Six Nations yeah. rugby theme that gets played in the stadium. Uh, in the Guinness Pro 14, there's a VT that happens just before kickoff. That's a, a piece of commissioned music. Uh, UEFA football qualifiers, yeah. FIFA yeah, World Cup. All yeah. the teams come out to the same, same piece music. of music. Yeah. So it's the brand part yeah. of the brand is not just a visual thing it's the, yeah. the, the audio side of things so all these sports are doing it and it'll be the same with athletics as well for, you know yeah. things like medal presentations trophy presentations these iconic stings maybe 10 seconds or 20 yeah. seconds but people go oh, the, oh when I hear that bit of music something I know this, this certain thing is going to happen yeah. Yeah. so yet that level but- but, but the other thing is that the, for a lot of the elite events, there is actual rehearsals. Yeah, yeah. We do I actually rehearse through scenarios. That, yeah. Like for, for, for pre-match at BT Moneyfield, rehearse the bands coming out. Yep. And we announce like how you do the team lineups. Uh, I remember at the worked at the London Olympics in 2012, but the amount of rehearsals for the beach volleyball was mm. it was it was quite new to me that the scale of that. It was yeah. very much like a TV show. I mean, we we obviously rehearsed a game, but we we did different scenarios. So you were kind of just put on the spot as in how you would react to something happening on the court. Yeah. Uh, and I've done that a couple of rugby games as well. You kind of go through and say, right, try scored, cue the music, cue the announcer. It's, it's very much like a TV show. How does it work at the, at the volleyball? Just come back to that yeah. point. Like, is as an announcer, do you yeah. kind of... There's, I assume there's more like narration of the game than yeah. there is at a rugby or football. Yeah, game. well, at the at the Olympics in London, which was an off the scale yeah. event, uh, I think every involved would admit that. Yeah. So it was a horse guards parade, beautiful day every day of the week, live crowd. It was like a, it was basically a big party. It was, yeah. it was similar for me for a rugby sevens event. Which yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, you yeah. know, it's almost like oh, there's a, a game on. Environment, yeah. You know, it's like oh, there's a game on. Right, mm-hmm. music very central to it, but um, that was very much like a commentary. Uh, of the game uh, so it's almost like you're watching the TV radio so that was my job to commentate on the game okay, and okay. there was a bit of razzmatazz in terms of getting the crowd going there's um, there's one I don't know where this came from uh, but I was working with a guy uh, who'd never done beach football but he was like a very well known voice yep. who um, we got on really well um, I, don't, I don't like dropping names on no, the I'll drop it drop it's it important because it's relevant it's relevant so the guy I was working with which I didn't know till I got there was Peter Dixon do you know okay, what Peter yeah. Dixon is? Uh, I've, I've heard as a of, voice oh yeah you know, is he not the X Factor guy no the X yeah, Factor yeah. I won't even try to impersonate can, nah, you, yeah. can you impersonate him uh, I'd rather not Keith <laughs> no, 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 no. so Peter Dixon was, we were a kind of partnership so he it was amazing to watch him in action he basically wrote these wee sort of comments 
wee quips. So one end of the, the, the horse guard parade was officially called the Downing Street end. Okay. So he made up these wee things saying, yes, we've just had a message from, this is not Peter Dixon, but yeah. kind of, we've just had a message from the Prime Minister, keep the noise down, please. <laughs> you know, and he had these wee things. And yeah, folk, yeah. You can see folk going, that's the X Factor boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so we worked together, but one random thing which happened, um, which as a Scottish person was like, job done. So... Every time a point scored, there's a bit of music. Yeah. Okay. So one of the tunes was 500 Miles. Mm. Now, I hear that every time I go to an event. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it was a, an English crowd mainly, uh, I thought, right. And I said to the producer, right, can we try this? So we did, you know, the na, 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 na. It says, right. So we get like the Downing Street and so na, na, na. And then I'll say the Buckingham Palace end. I don't know my geography, but yeah. the Buckingham Palace would, would respond. It was like call and response. Mm-hmm. So we, ended, we kept it, even when the ball was in play, they kept going, nah, 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 nah. And I thought, that was just, I thought, that, that's, that is cool. that, that, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You had some influence over whatever the capacity was in London, Olympics, got everyone doing the proclaimers. Yeah. It's brilliant. Super. Yeah, that yeah. is brilliant. Um, what, like, my favourite business stories are where people notice an opportunity and yeah. just don't give up and then notice another opportunity, notice another wee opportunity and just it goes from there. And that sounds like you guys' story is essentially, you know, because it it's went from Meadowbank, yep. noticing another opportunity, just like circumstance, someone was there, another opportunity yep. came. Yep. Yep. So can you talk about like kind of how important you feel that's been to your career? Obviously, I mean, based on that story, it has been very important. Yeah. But um, what what ha- how how do you know when to take an opportunity and how do you make the most of it? I think in, in, working in being... In Scotland, and you see, you know, lots of events coming into the into the country, coming into Edinburgh, coming into Glasgow. So you you keep an eye on that. Yep. You keep an eye. Watch that now. So I mean, one event we did in twenty sixteen was the Homeless World Cup, yep. which was in George Square in Glasgow. But lucky we've done quite a lot of work with the Homeless World Cup. We were out in uh, Copenhagen in two thousand and seven, and prior to that, when it was hosted in Edinburgh, yep. it was one of those things. You you see the event coming, you proactively get in touch, yeah. and then obviously, like everyone, when you're like like applying for a job here's yep. your CV so here we are as Wish Entertainments this is our experience of working at events yep. in terms of Graham's an experienced announcer with these events under his belt I've got my background and what I do as well and you, you present that to the client and it's something they've maybe not been thinking about or traditionally they would probably approach maybe a radio station or a radio yep. DJ or something like that for, for the profile and the thought that well, they'll, they'll speak about it. Yeah. So it's just really been, you know, being observant to what's going on, going on and then you build the relationship. So, I mean, the Homeless World Cup is a great example, but another one, another big client for us is Rat Race Adventure Sports. Yep. Their very first event was in Edinburgh. It was like, a, a, a best described as almost like a sort of scavenger hunt mm. type event. Um, and now... They're worth between twelve and fifteen events a year to yeah. us, and that's from essentially from Lands End to Inverness, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and you build that relationship and that trust, and they say, right, yeah, we sh- you're, you're the voice. We go in and do mm-hmm. the PA hire and things like that. So it was, there's something new. You see it in the press. This yeah. this new rat race event thing yeah. happening, and rat race are the biggest supplier of these things in, yeah. in the UK, yeah. and mm-hmm. they, they do mm-hmm. stuff abroad. So it's really just yeah, this is coming in. Let's make yeah. contact, yeah. And, and you yeah. see it and. Um, it's a local voice, a bit of local knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's that type of thing. And yeah. then obviously, out at, working with rat race, people will say, yeah. "Oh, mm. 
you know, get in touch. So, yeah. It's like, oh, I saw you in action. So. Yeah. But the other, the other um, part to the business, which we did for a number of years, we've kind of put on hold just now, and it's, it's Keith's, Keith's area of expertise, which I suppose the other part of running a business, you've got to hold on, what, what is your area of expertise yeah. and trying to sort of develop that and use your connections. That was, we had our, our rehearsal rooms, which we had a, a, a yeah. few years ago. Yeah. Uh, so Keith's background was, you know, uh, wide and varied. He doesn't talk about himself very much, but he's very, very good skill set in terms of managing people, managing bands, yep. and putting on live gigs. So we, we, we found property and had two rehearsal rooms um, because there was a, a, a great need for quality rehearsal premises. Now, if you've ever been in a band, uh, you, you, it's quite difficult to find someone. If you find someone with respect to a lot of rehearsal rooms, there are some very good ones, but some aren't really well looked after. So Keith identified a need that people want a quality place to rehearse in with it might sound dead simple, but you know, drum kits that actually work, yeah. and the, you know, it's not falling apart, and the microphone mm. cables all going to work, and the mixing desk is nice and clean, and the room's nice and clean. It's not like fag ends all over the room, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is quite a cliche, and you know, uh, but uh, the analogy we had at yeah. the time was like going back to the sport. Then, if you want to perform at elite level for sport, you want uh, to play and train in a quality yeah, hall, yeah. quality five side football pitch. So, why should it be different for, for a musician if you're going to? play at the elite level for music you want to rehearse in a quality environment so we, we pitched ourselves like the kind of more quality end yep. of rehearsal room uh, unfortunately the place run uh, got sold because uh, the place room was sold to property developers mm. but um, that was a real uh, a, a case of like identifying a, a genuine need because yep. people were crying out for quality rehearsal space and we kind of pitched that a wee bit at a higher end which was maybe a, a bit different to some, but the feedback was always very positive. It was, we, we, what we got, I mean, we, we we got you know bands coming in obviously during the Edinburgh Festival, but we got actually a lot of like your 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 function bands, your covers yeah. bands, yeah. and it got to the stage where there was function bands were obviously you'd have prospective bride and grooms and clients yeah. coming. They were bringing them into the rehearsal room and because they were confident, oh, we can bring them the here. Room, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they said, but yeah. we're not going to be embarrassed about bringing yeah. them in here. So yeah, that that that's a good example of like uh, identifying something, but within the creative. Industries and there's a big story breaking in Edinburgh around St Margaret's House, just at Meadow Bank, yeah. which houses hundreds of creatives yeah. who are paying maybe 150, 200 pound a month. Mm. It's affordable. They've got a, a small face, space, yeah. and that's under threat now as well from because we need we need apparently more student flats yeah. um, or hotels and the affordable space. It's identifying that, and not just for the creative industries, affordable space um, for any business. I mean, where we're sitting here today, there's yep. six or seven businesses in here with a couple yeah. offices on the outskirts of Edinburgh, and it's um, and you know it's identifying that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, obviously, being around a lot of small businesses as well. Um, and, you know, you don't need to, you know have the fancy shiny office no, in the yeah, city centre yeah. to operate, you know, in the days of doing so much online as yeah. well. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's, there is that connection and you bump into people in the corridor. And I think I think the biggest laugh about here is everyone takes everyone else's deliveries. And, yeah. You know, yeah, your yeah, Amazon. Yeah. But that, you don't underestimate how important, important that, that is. Because yeah. that community. Yeah, yeah. People aren't always in the office, which is the nature of all the businesses in this building. But... We all, we all rely on deliveries. Yep. Just, it's, it's, that's the way the world's gone. And yeah. so if you're in this community, where, oh, yeah, I'll sign for that, and yeah, it's yeah. okay. That goes a long, long way yeah. because none of us can afford yeah. to pay someone to sit nine to five in your office. Yeah. So yeah. that type of thing, and then you make connections, oh, there's a marketing company there, or there's another events company. Yeah. And, yeah. and that that's kind of really easy networking to yeah. do um, by just sort of getting on, and it is that sort of right Again, place, right time. Same, but same, same ethos, though, I yeah. think, yes, as well. Yes. You get that. We're, all, we're different businesses, but the ethos is 
period. Yeah, where kind of smaller businesses, our output is good, but as I say, it doesn't need to be like a gold brass plaque on the front no, door. No, no, no. It's like, yeah, this is it. I mean, you look at this, that this works for us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. But, it, it, but it's, it's practical and it's affordable as well as a small business. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, a lot kind of after you've, when you've noticed your opportunity, um, the next big thing is team and yeah. kind of who um, the skill set of your, your team. Obviously, you guys are brothers, so um, kind of you knew each other. Um, <laughs> was that telepathy? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can tell when Graham's going to speak. If we were working at Hamden, I can tell by Graham's body movement yeah. and the way he moves his head that he's about to that speak. About to now, they, people might think that sounds really bizarre, but people will, who have children will know that they can yeah, sense yeah, yeah. So I can tell when Graham's going to speak yeah. um, and just those things. And I think that, and other people who are not related can build those relationships yeah, course, yeah. as well. Mm. Um, but it's that sort of thing. I mean, It's quite funny. People say at some events when Graham and I are talking on the radios, communicating, mm. oh, you two are quite funny. And then other events <laughs> people will say, there wasn't very much like chat on the radio between the pair of you. Yeah, well, yeah, well you don't need no, to. You, yeah. you don't want to have to listen. But, 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 and it's but, that it's that trust but, element. Yeah. And but, for the, but for the client, for the client, whether it's you know Scottish rugby, Scottish football, rat race, whoever, you know, for the client, okay, um, they can rely upon us, or we like to think they can rely upon us yeah. that they've booked us. We will do it, and we can take a lot of the pressure away from them. Yeah, so they um, can like like it, like a, a game at Hamden Park where. As Keith alluded to earlier on, it's it's a big day out. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on a lot of people. Yeah. But you know, um, they know that we can deal with that. Aspect. They don't have to worry about that. They can then yeah. focus on something else. We don't have to be micromanaged. So the fact that Keith and I don't have to say very much to each other on the radio works for us. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to think that's reassuring for the client that actually yeah. they can rely upon us yeah. to deliver, go through the mechanics of the program, lays we've got to lays with. But at the end of the day. You know, when I speak or when Keith plays music, that is part of the whole day out. So yeah. it's, um, I, I'd like to think we're kind of taking the pressure away from from people who are busy on these big yeah, days. It's, it's um, a massive they can, event, they can, they can, yeah. they can let us just get yeah. on with it. I think a, a really important thing in the events industry is the amount of people freelancing yep. and the amount of yep. business. So, you know, we could be working at BT Murrayfield Hamden. I could be working in the EICC conference centre, and the camera guys in the ICC conference centre are, are doing the same job at BT Murrayfield yeah. and then doing the yeah. same job so at Hamden. So the, the client of these sports organisations, well, Keith already knows Ian, the cameraman, and Graham, so yeah. that relationship's already there, yeah. and, and they get that, and that's built. And then, you know, when we've gone and done some work with UWS Sirens Netball, and we need a floor manager or a show caller, Dom... Uh, O'Neill, who's I great, who I met working at the conference centre. Yeah. Oh, Dom, we take his number, and then you get Dom in, and then there's this sort of cross. So you you find people you work with in this freelance, and there's companies that we work a lot with, uh, Catalyst Event Production Services, who I've done a bit of work for, and then they, they become your preferred suppliers. Yeah. That's really but important. not not in a written contract. It's just like these guys get it. These guys get it. A phrase we use a lot is "you get it." Yep. You don't need to be sat down with a bit of paper going. Manual, this is the ethos. You, know, yeah. you just get it, and people can watch. So the amount of people you meet at all the different events, yeah. ultimately, then client will benefit because oh yeah, like it was a QTV. We're doing the the coverage of the Scotland Scottish Netball. Thistles netball in Perth, and we know QTV, and mm. then so for. Netball Scotland yep. guys you think oh that's good there's already a relationship we're not shaking hands and saying right you need to make sure you turn the music down when yeah, we're yeah. doing like it's like we, we all understand yep. what we're all trying to do yep. and there's such it, it's, it's the days of like turning up with a bag of CDs yeah, it's and gone. it's not yeah. it's understanding everything that goes on in an event mm -hmm. in this broadcast mm -hmm. world um, 
And I like to think, yeah, we, we get that. It's not people could say, oh, we really like the sound of Graham's voice. Um, and we really like his knowledge but what they maybe don't realise is how much knowledge Graham has of the behind the scenes stuff yep. that's going on, all the little intricacies that you can't kind of teach yeah. you've got to learn in that knowledge in Graham's head and I'd say I suppose you know, yeah, bigging right? ourselves up here in terms of the strength we know all these things so how mm. a netball game works, how a basketball game works how tennis works uh, there's lots of different aspects of that kind of behind the scenes in terms of from the sport perspective yep. of, of what happens um, and, and I think that's a real strength that we've got as well and knowing that and that flexibility that adaptability and these are all that's all the cliches of business but it's it's quite niche what we do yeah, yep. niche, yeah. um, so knowing that uh, and saying alright it's, it's a Scottish Cup final so that thing happens then it's a UEFA Scotland qualifier, that yeah. thing always happens. It's a Six Nations rugby game, or you know that these certain things happen, or it's yep. a Guinness Pro yeah. 14 game. Well, these are the things that happen within that brand. Yeah. And it's a brand. And you represent the brand because Graham's saying mm. it's a Guinness Pro 14, it's Edinburgh rugby. And you're the face of the brand. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, right? yeah. it's all, it's all the, these stakeholders, yeah. it's the sponsors. <laughs> all these people want their message. Yep. You know, no if they're, they're investing money. Yeah, no. in it then they want the message so and that could be the like show racism the red card video the yep. respect stuff that, you, mm-hmm. that goes out mm-hmm. at every Absolutely. ground across yeah. Europe um, and just knowing and understanding it the safety messages and things like yeah. that it's all that yeah. it's, 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 it's my final thing it's all the things that people don't see yeah is the uh, and, and yeah. I suppose and a client doesn't realise what they're paying for yeah, exactly. they're yeah. paying for all the stuff that actually and they don't need to see it because it's not it's just getting it dealt with yeah, it's just getting dealt with yeah. we yeah. know it we've got that knowledge and that's yeah. That's a kind of thing that I suppose, being small business, we're trying to push that, and it's without yeah, sounding yeah, too yeah. egotistical. Or you know, it's yeah. getting that. Yeah, well, we've got that knowledge. We've yeah. got that experience. Yeah. Yeah. And your skills, we've not really discussed um, what you do, Keith. <laughs> but um, but so essentially, Keith, we we had a quick chat yesterday yeah, about, yeah. about what you guys do. So in the simplest way possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Keith is essentially the stage manager and... Um, I'm the piano pusher, he's the yeah, piano player. And then Graham, Graham is yeah, the yeah. public face of the, the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So I, that, I, that, that skill set blends quite nicely. And obviously, yeah. um, that is obviously a massive attribute to you guys as a business. Yeah, yeah, it, it works really well. Um, I mean, Keith's more than capable of speaking on your microphone. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and he's, he does well, a number of events that, that, for yeah. Rat Race, uh, but... I think I said earlier on, it just seems to work that we have an understanding of the mechanics of it, and it's it's quite difficult to articulate that. We're doing our best to try and do it just now, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's this it's that inbuilt knowledge mm. that you have in your brain. You just know the systems that are in place, uh, and it sounds a bit, you know, nerdy or or a bit ridiculous to try and articulate, but it, it is that. And a lot of jobs will be the same. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't just job, uh, jump into another job, you know, somebody that works across the corridor here because I don't know the... I, I know kind of what they do. They do yeah. roofing and they do whatever, yeah. but I can't... There's systems. Every yeah. business kind of has its systems. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose yeah. the added value that we bring to that mm. and in terms of added value and, you know, our challenges like any business to try and price yeah. it accordingly, yeah. the added value you're getting is the experience. Yeah. And that applies to a lot of businesses. And it's your job as a business to to market that is the, is the your USP. It's the inbuilt knowledge. You know the systems. You know the people you need to speak to. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's making the client happy and whatever service that happens to be. In our case, uh, yeah. it's a sporting event. Yeah. It's a big iconic sporting event. We'd like to think we can be relied upon to deliver the words and the music and the sound and the, and the values mm. that, that that event is about. It's ability to as well floor, manage yourself. 
Again, yep. it sounds a cliche. So like, if I go and do a rat race event and I'm doing the race briefings at the start and I'm doing the finish, I go in my car with the PA system mm. and the music. So I do set the PA system, play the music, do the announcing, finish, pack up. So for the client, one person, it's great that you've just got one, one person, person that, do that's doing thing. that. That's absolutely yep. phenomenal. And that keeps the cost down. And yeah, then you understand, understand the whole event. But in terms of working as a team, yeah, that, you know, that we, we are a team, but we can both go out and work individually. It's naive yeah. to think otherwise. And I can work with other announcers, and I do. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, uh, and Graham will work with other people, other DJs and other people playing the music and things like that. So that can happen. But of course, the strength is going to be in the team. It's like a, sports, the best analogy. Yeah. You know, you get your doubles partners and things yeah, that yeah, work well together. Yeah. Yeah, and people like tennis, for example, or you play singles, or you like Jamie Murray's got his preferred yeah, yeah, partners. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. You're always going to be stronger when you've got the experience of working yeah. together. And it goes back to my point in terms of all the different freelancers yeah. that we've built relationships yeah. up with. So you walk into a venue, and so people will go, Oh, great. It's, it's Keith and Graham. Yeah, yeah. There's probably people that go, Oh, no, it's the Bush Boys. But, <laughs> and that's the same in any walk. But yeah, you want, yeah. your aim has to be that people say, Oh, Keith yeah. and Graham are on this event good the, the field is a reliability it, there's a safe bit there and again that's not sounding egotistical that has to be our objective that mm. people go oh good they're here today yeah. mm-hmm. that's going to be in safe hands I know that when, I know the music's not going to have any swearing on it yeah. it's it's that yeah. sort of thing yeah. it's like yeah that, that's we're not worrying yeah we know that the right national anthem's going to get Can played, played yeah. you know it's you ha- that's and of course that's just the basics that's yeah. what you do that's what the job is play the play Play Flower of Scotland, play God Save the Queen, play it in the right order. Yeah. Uh, Hamden Park, Celtic Gold Tune is that, Rangers yeah, Gold Rangers Tune is that. Didn't he mix that up? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, of course, yeah. that's that's yeah. the basics. Yeah. That is the basic part of the job, mm-hmm. and it's getting that right. Yeah. Um, and people don't want that. Mm-hmm. They want to think, oh, are they going to play the right anthem in the right order? Yeah. Um, and I've had discussions with mm. clients about that when they're nervous about that, quite rightly so. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, um, and been... So reassurance, reassurance mm-hmm. is yeah. a mm-hmm. big thing as well. Um, so I'd like to think we, we were able to offer that as well. Yeah. So we spoke a lot about the business side of things. I'm not going to lie, my biggest worry about doing this podcast is that I was going to come in and then just be like, tell me about the cup final. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about this. And just tell me about all the cool sporting events. So let's do a bit of tell me about all the cool sporting events. So for yourselves, obviously you're sports fans. Um, we spoke about different teams that we have allegiances to um but like what what kind of highlights have you had what what have been obviously the olympics yeah um, murrayfield on certain games well almost every game at murrayfield yeah, at the moment yeah. to be honest is pretty special yeah 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 um big I, cup finals do you know what? I, I i was lucky to do at the commonwealth games in glasgow iron brew did a pop-up iron brew store oh, yeah, and they, yeah, were, yeah. they were a, a partner with team scotland so yeah. every day they brought Team Scotland athletes, yeah. and there was two like big, sh- I think two or three shipping containers yeah. all branded up. And every day there was like brought the the deal was they brought athletes. So in the morning, so I got I got, was very very privileged to be asked to go and host that and be mm-hmm. the announcer. So I'd be there in the Merchant City yeah. between twelve and six, and in the morning I'd be told right, this is who you've got. So I'm right. Re- Research on the, yeah. the train, and it, it, as we all know, there's, there's what's great about these events is there's minority sports that then yeah, become, yeah, that become big, so like yeah. your judo and things like that, and, and and people become you know 
you know, quite rightly get get the, the light shone on them. Yeah. Um, so that was like phenomenal doing that, you know, and like on on like the days when we had like Ross Murdoch on. Yeah. Um, and Eldestrom and, and my rugby sevens boys in and just doing that was phenomenal so going in in the morning and going alright this is who we've got and they'd probably won a medal the night before yeah, so yeah, and so people would be walking through the Merchant City like on their lunch hour or stuff yeah. so what we were doing was saying right today we've got this these okay, people yeah. at this time but also I was doing things like oh well we've just won a medal in this and just mm-hmm, encouraging mm-hmm. people to go into the, the store yeah. and get your iron brew mer- yeah. uh, merchandise so that yeah. that was like phenomenal mm-hmm. and that event won quite a lot of an awards which mm-hmm. is great to be part of so that was great but like things like Rat Race are doing stuff they do an event called the Dirty Weekend yeah. which is the world's biggest obstacle course it's uh-huh. 20 miles wow. and it's an obstacle course yeah. and then at the, and there's about 8,000 folk take part mm. in this so it becomes a small Big music scale. festival yeah, yeah, yeah. and at night you know they've had bands like book bands like Ocean Colours Scene Ash uh, Dave Pierce DJ and Greg James yeah. DJ and so you're hosting that all day with and then at night you're massive. doing like an assembly and there's people that do it twice they do a double lap oh, really? well, like so do 40 miles so you're there and then these people get to come up yeah. on stage and get their moment and the after party is insane yeah. and mm. you've done 20 mile obstacle course yeah, and, and the obstacle course race market is huge people come like it's big in Holland so they come from all over the world and there's a mm. big community around that and you see that and you go this is insane mm, but it's yeah, brilliant to be yeah. right at the heart doing the race briefings people crossing the line who never thought they could do mm. it or you know that that achievement um, and it's like giving them you talk about cup finals the trophy presentation yeah. was but it's, it's right someone getting that medal around mm. their neck so these are phenomenal exciting events to work for mm. um, but I suppose in recent kind of times I think like that for me it'll still stand out as the Lee Griffiths free kicks against yeah, England. That's that. So, and it was the second one. Yeah, yeah. Because there was this expectation yeah. when Chris Martin fell over in yeah. the, the free kick. And there was just in the stadium, this incredible thing happened of this, and everyone's phone was out. Yeah, and when yeah. I say everyone, we're talking ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. Phone was out, and so you know what? So if a goal scored, music goes in, bits and pieces goes in, and then you, know, you couldn't hear it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. hand in the structure of it, it shakes a yeah, bit, yeah, and that's yeah, modern yeah. engineering, it kind of bounces and it takes a bit. And it was just insane. And everyone in the booth around me, like the scoreboard guy and the PA yeah. guys, were just going crazy. And I'm trying to sit. Yeah, going, yeah it must be hard. Shoot, you must be one of the only people sure to remain calm in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Lee Griffiths is doing his lap of, the, yeah. <laughs> lap of the stadium. And then you look at what the SFA did, that brilliant video where they got asked people to send them oh, their from food. The different angles yeah, yeah, yeah. And, if, and people yeah. watching this or listening to this podcast check that out the SFA they've done this montage of all the mm. celebration that's in bars and people's yeah. homes uh, Martin Compson the actors is superb oh, yeah. and it's just you go and when you, when you add that bit onto it you realise I was in that moment yeah. and I actually almost can't remember the moment because yeah, yeah. it was just insane yeah. and then obviously then great and then Harry Kane yeah, goes yeah, up goes and, and, and it's yeah. just that, that <laughs> yeah. emotion yeah. of like Offense. What yeah. happened? There? Score for England, Harry Kane. Yeah, that, that, was, that was that was that was like it was a complete contrast of like Lee Griffiths yeah. stating the obvious and then, but you know that that's that's one of the bits uh, I sometimes have to really think about, and I've got to think right. I've got to a cup final. You know, yeah. I'm neutral. I've got to, you know, whoever scores, I've got yeah, to sound enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, well, it's you easy do. for me to say, yeah. and you just you deliver it a bit. Yeah. Scotland and England, you know, Scotland against whoever, you, you, you say the opposition scorer, uh, if they score, kind <clears throat> uh, of matter of fact. Hmm. Uh, but as, you know, Lee Giffis, but uh, that, that was that was crazy. But the, 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 the one for me uh, against football, and Keith mentioned Homeless World Cup, yeah. 
because uh, as you may or may not know, Scotland have won the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, they have, yeah. So it's not a statement one says no, very exactly, often. No. But, you know, we, we, Homeless World Cup was a phenomenal yeah. project. Yeah. Uh, but from the, for putting the homeless angle to one side from a sporting point of view, mm. there are, you know, pushing on for 70, 80 countries taking yeah, part. No, and know. in any sport, whether it's tiddlywinks or football, if you can come people. top of the pile against yeah. 60 other nations and there's some really, really good footballers yeah, yeah. playing Homeless World Cup, oh, but that was... Yeah. Copenhagen 2007, so officially announced Scotland winning the World Cup. That yeah, was amazing. Well. Um, and that was such a, a big moment. Um, and, you know, Homeless World Cup, these guys are getting a national anthem, they're doing official strips, yep, yep. they are representing their country. country yep. Obviously, yep. very much more about representing themselves and changing mm. their lives, but from the purely sporting point of view, uh, you know, to say Scotland won the Been World Cup, up. and they've done it twice, as, uh, we went at the second one, but that, that was a kind of a big moment um, yeah. for me uh, yeah. as well. And we spoke a little bit before we kind of turned the mic on um, about areas that you would be happy to discuss, not happy to discuss. So <laughs> you said you would be happy to discuss the future of Hamden um, and whether um, it should change to Murrayfield. So having you guys have quite privileged access to be able to work in these stadiums. Yeah. Um, I've only been to both as a fan yeah. um, and have my own opinions of yeah, which yeah, ones yeah. I prefer. Um, based on experience and um, the actual view, the, the, yeah. the experience yeah, of yeah, the day. Yeah. Um, so from people that have worked there, um, what is your, your take on Hamden um, and the future of it? I, I, as you say, it's a privileged thing, and I, my, my kind of jokey thing about it as well, I live in Edinburgh, so BT Murrayfield's closer, mm. but that's yeah. not what yeah, I think. Yeah. That's, my kind of, that's my get out if I don't yeah, really I know, get involved yeah. in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. From, a, from anyone that goes into their work mm-hmm. wants... The best, the best possible yep. conditions to work in. So, of course, that's what I think. I couldn't decide between either on that okay. basis in terms of you going Hamden, fantastic setup with PA, view the pitch, fantastic, yeah. really good. BT Murrayfield, exactly same. the same. Great in terms of resources, view the pitch, you know, can't can't fault can't. it. Um, and in terms of us going in, you know, in terms of access, obviously we're going in a lot earlier than spectators, yeah. but that type of thing. Um, that 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 side of things all really really good and can't be faulted and in terms of the staff in both stadiums yeah. you know great mm-hmm. you, you work as we said yeah. earlier you work hard to build up a relationship there um, as well so it comes down to and I was thinking about this I was asked before you know what other sports have I seen in the stadium so in Hamden I've seen football but I was in the for athletics ahead of the Commonwealth Games there was a Sainsbury's game so mm. I saw it set up and yeah, it was interesting seeing that yeah. and in terms of BT Murrayfield I've, I've worked in there with Rat Race when Adventure Sports when they've yeah. had a finish line and it's yeah. quite interesting obviously um, and I remember going to see Hearts v Barcelona yeah. um, so I've seen it as a football mm-hmm. as well um, and obviously from the football point at BT Murrayfield I mean Celtic played some European games yeah, there yeah. recently and uh, Hibs played, played Barcelona Hibs as well obviously Barcelona, Hearts yeah. played the games yeah. Um, as well, and there has been rugby and American football and things yeah. at, at Hamden and the concerts. I think the curious thing for me in terms of, so I, I like them both, yeah. you know, I think the curious thing in terms of the business sense, if you look at Hamden Park Limited and mm-hmm. Scottish rugby and look at the concerts, so, so what other things yeah, are they putting it's, it's, the a, business, it's, it's of a business it has, thing, yeah. so and I'll be corrected, I think the only big concerts and stadiums is Ed Sheeran at Hamden this year. 
I'm, I'm, um, I, I don't yeah, know quite possibly. I, I don't think Hamden has any. Uh, Murrayfield has any. No, I don't any. think yeah. you do. No. So ha- Murrayfield, BT Murrayfield would have had Foo Fighters, One Direction, yeah. like Robbie Williams, Madonna. So, so I think maybe, they had like two a year, I think. Yeah, so like from the business model, yeah. Scottish rugby have been very proactive in saying, we want this to produce yeah. a fantastic video. They've been very much, yeah, we want this. Mm. And it's a business, yeah. They, they want That stadium can have 67,000 people yeah, yeah. watching rugby. It could be a concert venue. Mm. There's all the hospitality, be it the Christmas party night. So there's yeah. all that side of things. So they're looking at it going, yeah, We've got this facility that use it. with this pitch and seats that look at the pitch yeah, and yeah. ability to sell you food and drink mm-hmm. um, and toilets. Yeah. So how more can we do that? So I think Scots are being very proactive here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hamden Park, obviously, they've got there's the Euros coming up. They're doing it. There's been money invested in Hamden for when it was the Commonwealth Games as well in terms of facilities around the stadium. So both are businesses. Yep. So so like you, how how are we proactive as Rush Entertainments and yep. getting business? Scottish rugby are going to be proactive yeah. um, and Scottish rugby take games to different venues yep. as well, like under 20s. With the football, SFA, the lease is running out, so we'll, let's look at other options. And yep. if you separate it away from the emotional football and sport, yeah. as a business, any business would say, well, you sh- your lease is up, you should review your lease and see, yeah, see what it yeah, is. And that's yeah. clearly what's happening yeah. um, here. And there's the debate about Hamden, about the atmosphere and too yeah. far at the end of the goals. I say, we've talked about Lee Griffiths. We've talked about all these iconic moments that take place yeah. there, last minute goals and all these <laughs> yeah, sort of things. Yeah. And if the product on the pitch is good and it's an exciting thing that you're saying, then, yeah. you know, like, you tell yeah. me that people were going and say, yeah, Scotland, England, World Cup qualifier. Ah, it's at Hamden though. I'm not going to bother. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like it's, I know, I know. If, if it's like uh, yeah. it, it, so. So I've talked about long there, but I, I think no. there's, there's a very interesting thing about yeah. the two businesses taking the emotion of how they maximise their income potential, yeah. and that's what's going on here. I think, but I think if you try, if you try to do, and they will be doing this <coughs> in a roundabout sort of way, I'm sure. But if you if you if you look at the different aspects, as Keith alluded to, so if you look at the actual spectator point of view from yeah. Hamden and BT Murrayfield, then yeah, some might say, well, you know, if it's a football point of view. At both stadiums, you know, behind the goals, you're kind of quite far away, yeah. and there's a lot of runoff area. Yeah, okay, m- that is probably factually correct, but in terms of the overall experience, is it a massive part of it? You could, you could, you could yeah. make a massive thing about it. So viewing, you might say, well, it's kind of both have got good parts that more than negative points. If you look at the corporate hospitality angle, then you can flip a coin because yeah, both have got excellent both facilities. Sta- well, um, yeah. If you then take something like transport links, yeah. you're going, mm, right, BT Murrayfield right. probably got yeah, on that. Right. And then if the government has got a, a, a big influence on it and the, there's a sort of political movement, then mm-hmm. my view for what it's worth would be that that bit might become a bigger factor because the environmental impact and the widest sense of environmental, yeah. I think... It's always going to be to. a big part of decisions these yeah. days. And I yeah. think that's not, not, not going to swing it to BT Moneyfield, but if there's government influence and all that, then I think that might be have Public a big sway because the other yeah. bit's about Hamden, it's the home of Scottish football, obviously BT Moneyfield, home of rugby, yeah, you, you can't change that. And you no. might think, well, okay, why shouldn't we keep tradition? Why can't we invest in Hamden? Let's look at somehow... Be, making better transport links somehow. I mean, that's not an easy fix because you can't change no, you where can't. it is. Yeah. Whereas there is a train line, always has been a train line yeah, right, next to, to, and obviously the trams yeah. have come in. So, you, you know, Hamden, in a sense, can he compete with that? Because yeah. just... Well, it's just further but, out. Of but, 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 but I think, you know, um, you kind of toss, toss a coin in terms of the spectator bit to some degree and the, the hospitality bit. Um, 
and you know b- both are you know for me can eeksy peeksy to that point of view but if you put as Keith put the motion to one side, if you put the motion back in and the history and tradition yeah. and also, if you look at how uh, BBC Scotland are promoting the Scottish Cup it's about the history oh, and the motion yeah. it's like why, why would why would you ever want to ditch that no yeah of course no yeah. and if he said well in that sense it's a no brainer yeah you could argue the better quality seats and better quality catering and have transport links are better you could maybe make moves into that you know but you know that it's a, at the end of the day, it's a difficult, difficult decision mm. uh, to be made um, from the purely sporting point of view. Keith's point, I think, is a massive thing that they will be looking at in terms of how can we generate extra That's income into it. But the other thing Keith mentioned this before off air that because the hydros now in Glasgow, yeah, your big, your big, your 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 big mainstream acts yeah. will go to the hydro. Whereas in the past, they've come either BT Moneyfield or Hamden. So I can see why both uh, venues and BT Moneyfield now have been very proud saying, listen, we're the place to be yep. for your big events. Yeah, you get, it's having confidence in your facility. I think, I think on Hamden, Hamden gets the, the, the crit as well on the transport. I actually don't think it's, it's that not bad. That there bad. are two. No, there's two if you stick yeah. 52,000 people yeah. in one place yeah, at a short period of time, there's going to be. It's like if you, if you leave your Christmas shopping until Christmas Eve, there's going to be a lot of people, so there's going to be queues. You're going to yeah, get, yeah, yeah, you yeah. put a large group of people in a, one in space, one space yeah. it's going to disperse out. And obviously, there'll be concerns of what if we have to get Celtic and Rangers fans yeah. through to Edinburgh. Yeah. Well, Man United and Man City fans go to games at Wembley and Liverpool, yeah, and, Celtic, you yeah. know, and there's, there's, there's definitely ways to do it. Um, and there'd be a shame if that's what was dictating it. Mm. But I think you're right, the history, that the the, the Hamden Museum and you go in yeah, and you look yeah. at that and I think as well that, that was did it dilute it in any way for St Johnston fans that they won the cup at Celtic Park or as opposed to, yeah. to Hamden you'd have to ask them but, yeah. but there is that attachment it's like yep. the players saying oh the well, players will want to play at Hamden because yeah, that's the history that's what you have for us but it's Hamden. the same, same we interviewed um, <coughs> uh, grade one referee John Beaton on my, yep. on my podcast the other, other day there and I kind of that topic came up again it says for them that's the pinnacle of them. You know, yeah, referee uh, in the Scottish final course, yeah, Hamden, walking up the steps you know, and World Cup final yeah. Champions League. So for them, yeah. Hamden, yeah. Hamden is the kind of the, the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, pardon yeah. the pun. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it still is an interesting debate and I guess just time will tell what yeah, um, yeah. what happens and yeah. factors will dictate. Yes. And the last question, we spoke about last minute goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just going to be a really short section, just two minutes. Um, I'm a Hibs fan and I yeah. wasn't at the Scottish Cup final in 2016 um, obviously it was kind of made the news for various reasons you guys were involved in the the kind of on the pitch that day yeah. um, in the presentation so can you talk about like kind of that going from the kind of ecstatic again kind of like the Lee Griffiths goal that mm-hmm. big moment yeah. into a situation that is perceived to be negative mm-hmm. um, and how you guys kind of had to handle that professionally. Yeah, I mean, uh, Keith mentioned earlier on the importance of a kind of team and the trust and reliability and everybody knows each other. So um, we could talk hours about this, but mm-hmm. I suppose uh, in brief for me, um, you kind of go an automatic pilot without realising, mm-hmm. right? Um, iconic moment, Hibs have, have scored the goal. They're, they're going to win the cup, uh, people on the pitch. Um, and... Where Keith's situated at Mission Control is right yeah. next to the police control room. So the okay. police are, are thinking, oh dear, we mm-hmm. have an issue. But Keith and the police lays really closely. So I got in my ear 
the kind of sort of key message or the general vibe they wanted to put it out. Yeah. And in sort of layman's terms, it was politely saying to the Hibs fans on the pitch, can yeah. you please make your way back to the your seats uh, so that we can start the, the, the presentation? Mm-hmm. So if you stay in the pitch, it's possibly not going to happen. That was the underlying theme behind that one. And, you know, Rangers decided or... I don't know how it happened, but Rangers basically didn't get presented with the runners-up medals. Mm. Um, so we're only going to go to Hibs. I, I remember I kept repeating, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a very kind of conversational way, I thought was the best way to do it, not saying, please get back to your seats. Yeah, never, but, yeah. No, I wouldn't say like that, but it, it was to be more kind of friendly. I decided to do it in that kind of tone. And I remember distinctly, there was I heard, because I was basically at the mouth of the tunnel, just off the, at, the, at the side of the pitch, um, and I, on my right hand side, I heard Hibs fans beginning to boo. I think they realised actually, do you know what? It was getting to the point uh, that that was going too far. And again, it was probably one of these things that seemed like an eternity, but I was actually quite a short period of time. Yeah. And the people got back on. Uh, but again, you know, the, there is a big runoff area there, but actually, yeah. because so many people have come to the front, it was in a health and safety issue to get folk yeah, to back get in back safely. In. Yeah. You know, so it was going to take a bit of time. But I think it was just keeping calm, you know, that communication between Keith, the police, and myself. And, 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 and in some senses, the less said, the better. You don't want to kind of add to the No, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't want to. No. no, no, sorry. No, oh, at, oh, at the you, time, yeah, at the time, sorry, no, no, at the time, sorry, it was like, it was, yeah. you're just keeping the simple messages. Yeah. I think everybody realised, okay, at first it's like, oh, there's folk in the pitch. It was kind of, I'm not saying it was fun, but it was like, oh, right. And folk can, oh, you know, and they probably recognised yeah. folk. And they think, do you know what, actually... It's gone too far now. I think collectively the Hibs fans kind of realised that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it all turned out well in the end. And then Hibs got Sunshine and Leith, what was planned yeah. meticulously, that Sunshine yeah. got played at key moment. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I didn't feel under pressure. I didn't feel, oh dear, or in other words. Yeah. I just felt quite calm because I knew that, that telepathy between Keith and I and the police who knew what was required, but they hadn't rehearsed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you just, you're kind of professional automatic pilot for me sort of kicked in. and um, it's, yeah. it's like anything, it's a, it's a calm approach. Um, and obviously, you know, it's it was a, a large television audience. It's the showpiece event. Mm-hmm. And there, there's so much there in terms of, you know, from, from Hibs supporters and for Rangers supporters as well. There's a lot of emotion there. It's yep. like, these are big moments. Uh, um, and for whatever, what happened, happened. And I think it's like in any situation, that, yeah, it's how you react and calmly. And it's not, you know, it wasn't this right, you must do this. People don't... No. People don't like being told what to yeah, do, you yeah. know. Um, and as Graham says, I think you know it, it felt longer than, than it probably was. That's not condoning it anyway. It's just it's, that was the moment that happened, and how mm. do you how how do you manage that situation? Um, and it's, you know, it wasn't for us to manage it. We were a cog in the wheel yep. of yep. helping them in terms of so the resource that we provided was Graham's voice to get a message out, <laughs> um, and and that's that's what we did. And that that message that Graham can be is naming a goal scorer or a substitute, or that there's three minutes of added time. It was the ability. To deliver a, that message that you know, and, and not add to any unpleasantness yeah. that was going on, um, and it's, it's, you know these, these, these moments happen, and obviously everyone has to learn from them, and it's yeah, it's a very emotional thing, football for yeah, people, yeah. you know, in that length of time, and um, I say that I'm not condoning it, but you think there was a lot of emotion that day, you know, if you think obviously Rangers, Rangers were still in, were in the championship still mm-hmm. as well, actually yeah, too. No, there's a lot riding but, on but it. But there was also, you know, if you think back, because <coughs> um, David Gray scored at that head exactly. into the ground, yeah. he then ran to the support support yeah. had already come to yeah. the front. It was yeah. pretty yeah. much the last minute, so football yeah. already at the front. At that point, and a yeah. bit of people said. 
Hey, do you know what? Do you fancy? Unless it was sort of pre. I don't think it was pre. No, no, well, no, of course it's been a huge no, debate. No. The fact that folk were at the front anyway yeah. added to the likelihood of actually folk, and because it's such a big sort of runoff area, and it's the yeah. whole Keystone Cops things when the somebody jumps the wall and you get the yellow jackets. So it just added to that. Yeah. You know, the, the more, if it, if it scored in the 40, 41st minute or seventy second minute. You possibly wouldn't have had that factor because it wasn't at the last minute of the yeah. game. So all these events together yeah, in the pod made, made, made it. Kind of, the way it's, it ended it's, up. it's if you're talking about reality TV, sports reality TV, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. you know that day someone was going to get presented with the trophy, but you don't know how it's going to get yeah, to that point. Yeah, 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 so yeah. like, say, like, talk about the the, the the stage management, show calling. But if you're doing a theatre show, you follow the script. Yeah. And this is this is the plot, and this is that. Yeah, and sport events, you yeah. go right. Well, the only thing you know is well, not necessarily someone's going to win. Like, but like, so in rugby, there's going to be some try scored. There's going to be some conversions, some penalties, um, and at the and like the the game against France, that there's a new trophy that's going to yeah. be presented. If there's a draw, it's not. So you have all yeah. these scenarios written down, but you don't know how you're going to actually yeah, get, get to there. that because yeah. you know, Scotland or France could be winning in the middle, isn't yeah. You do, and that's a big yeah. part of the the euphoria yeah. um, of it. Um, mm. And it's like you imagine like if in the autumn test, Stuart Hogg ran in against New Zealand yep. right in the last mm. seconds and if he'd scored the right yeah, historic last exactly you can imagine the emotion thing. there to yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if it's got ground out the tension of grinding out a victory yeah. against scoring in the last minute for a spectator and yeah. you're, you're part of these big moments where people are having the time of their life yeah. and I um, say they're going away going I've, you know, I've actually seen my team win yeah. or I've seen <laughs> Scotland <laughs> win or yeah. Yep. It's, not, it's, a, it's not condoning it but it goes somewhere to sort of understanding how important the yeah. build up is to these mm-hmm. events and we, we, they're built up to be big occasions yeah, so if you build yeah. it up to be a big occasion mm-hmm. people are then are going to react in a big yeah, way yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah and it's how we, how we manage it yep. and then um, obviously I think the best one of the best ways to kind of get your message out there as a business is um, public speaking and taking speaking gigs obviously it's not everyone's cup of tea um I, I if there's an opportunity to speak or to do a, do a presentation i'll do it i'm yep. there um so you guys speak regularly to huge audiences that you know most kind of small business owners most business owners most people would never get that opportunity to speak to 60 80,000 people mm-hmm. um can you i don't want to say can you give me some tips or can you give can you give like <laughs> the audience some tips but like what 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 like what is it that you think makes you guys resonate well with with such a large audience and keep make everyone feel like they're they're involved um obviously it's slightly different from like standing on a stage with a maybe you have a powerpoint maybe you don't yeah and like speaking direct people are people's Mm. attention is not also always on you yeah yeah, yeah. and there's other things going on so how do you kind of keep that connection yeah um it's a very good question i need to think about it um, no, I, th- I think in a, in a big stadium of X thousand people, you're, you're not seeing the whites of the eyes, and you yeah. kind of you can you know because uh, that for some people makes them nervous. You can actually yep. see the audience yeah, yeah. in the lecture theatre or, or the hotel, whatever, doing the presentation that you were you were talking about. And so in a, in, a, in a way that makes that bit oh, more well, nervous. Yeah. You can see oh, people yeah, directly, yeah. Yeah. whereas you're presenting at you know big events. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're kind of either a voice of the gods you're literally reading off the scripts you're not necessarily looking at people mm-hmm. uh, if you're doing to camera then you've got to be well prepared for that you've got to know the set of key messages the key words you want to say and the, yeah. the things you want to hit and you know very often you've got a sort of time limit to, to kind of say it in but um, I think a lot of things in, in life if, if, you, if you're well rehearsed and well prepared you know the set of key things you want mm-hmm. to say 
Uh, I mean, there's various tips about speaking in public. If you've got an audience and you maybe focus on one person and you focus on a, a sort of an animate object on the wall, yeah. the clock or whatever, and you don't actually see the whites of the eyes and you go about the room. Or the other thing that I, I probably do without realising is you kind of sit maybe walk about or you sit of... I know I kind of sit, but I'm never totally static. Yeah. If I'm talking voice of the gods, I kind of sort of bounce a bit, and you get into the kind of mm-hmm. rhythm of it, because mm-hmm. um, what you're saying has got a rhythm, and it, it kind of helps you. Uh, and I know I do that subconsciously. You've never trained it now. When you're speaking, you must bounce up yeah, and down. Yeah, you yeah. never tell somebody to do that, but everybody finds their own. Style, I know yeah. it's. Uh, I've worked with uh, Brian Burnett, BBC uh-huh. Radio Scotland yeah. presenter. He he hosts and commentates athletics, and I've noticed him. He kind of does it as well. He kind of he's got a wee sort of bounce, and he hops from one foot to the other. You find your own thing that you just you just do without realizing. Mm. Uh, there are some sort of genetic tips about. I know, and people listening here will say he's speaking too fast. I know I speak too fast on occasions, and I've got to, and I do write my script slow. Okay. A lot of times, just to remind myself visually to yeah. to slow down what I, my normal pace. I, I know I don't always do it, um, but I know that's one of my key things that I get, I suppose, caught up in the moment. Yeah, those um, big moments. Yeah. But the other thing I try, I try and do when I'm because I, you know, I read things that are scripts. I don't radically change it. Sometimes I think mm, I would rephrase that, but I, I try, and when I deliver certain lines, to make it a bit more kind of conversational. Yeah. I'm going to read a thing and you must go to the shop and buy a programme and you can buy this here and buy that. Yeah, there's an element to that, factual information. Yeah, you need to but get that across. I'd like to think I make it more of a conversation so I'm a kind of a, a, a fan, a spectator. And in terms of the, the big kind of moments of sport, whenever he's got their own kind of style, and some people, I, I'm not the kind of Brazilian commentator going <laughs> like that, and that would never go down well in sport. No. <laughs> but yeah. the thing I, I'd like to think people. Uh, like or enjoy and kind of get in it adds to the occasion as Keith said is that you know on occasions that uh, doing the announcing at BT Moneyfield so Greg Laidlaw knocks on another penalty and it's his 500th point yep. you know I would make sure my research saying right when he scores that penalty I know right if he nails this one yeah, and that five. penalty takes Greg Law over the 500 points for Scotland you know you're going to get a wee bit extra from the crowd yeah. now it's not going to make or break their day but I like to think uh, that, that's what they should be doing yeah. or Somebody comes off the bench making their debut and coming on to make his debut, you want to say that. Now, for me, the people who don't do that are saying, well, that's a basic. And I like to think that um, that adds to the occasion and people may or may, know, may, or may not know it's somebody's debut or it's yeah. a 500 point yeah. bit. You know, I think that's, a, that's an important part of the whole occasion. And yeah. it'll be built up in a week, you know, if he comes on and we make his debut, you want to say that when it happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think it's yeah. going with the moment. And, you know, if if it's a Scotland game, then you know, I take the view right or wrong that like you've got a, a degree of influence, and not making it like Brazilian. No, no. I'm making influence commentator, but you know, just the way you inflect your voice that can add to the occasion, and it's part of the the the, the day out. And you know, some people will like that, some people won't. But I think that's in my view for what it's worth. That is your role. You've and got then, a wee bit of yeah. research that adds to that occasion. Well, that the, 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 the root for me, everything Graham has just described there is preparation. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, if you if you go, if you ever get a chance to like, do a tour of BT Murrayfield and yeah. go into the Bill McLaren yeah, suite, yeah, the medium, yeah, yeah. on the wall, they've got his old notes mm. and his, his phrases. You've got the notes. If, if you only use ten percent of these yeah, notes, yeah. that's good. But yeah. you make sure you've got that ten percent. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it's it preparation. It's authenticity. Sounding authentic. There's nothing yeah. worse, worse than someone maybe talking about a sport that you can clearly tell they know they nothing, nothing about. about. Um, I mean, I love actually at the moment. If you watch the Winter Olympics, the moment yeah, I think yeah, Steve yeah, Cram does the car. 
hurling. Yeah. And when Steve Cram first started, he was a fan and he was beside had Rona Martin. Yeah. And for the for the viewer, it was the education, but he was learning quite clearly, but he'd done his preparation. You yeah. think, yeah. Steve Cram, Carlin, but he'd done his preparation. Mm. And and that's what it's about in authenticity. I mean, there's a guy that works for us, uh, a lot of freelance work that, and works with me at Rat Race Sports called Mike Smith. And I'm going to plug him on Twitter. It's at Mike Colin Smith. And Mike always says when he's presenting or he's doing a tour as a tour guy, things like he said, he'll say, ask, are you excited to be here today? Mm. And he'll go, yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. And he said, yeah, so I'm excited to be here as yep, a presenter. Yep, yep. And it's that thing where it's the privilege to be doing it. Yeah, I'm excited to be standing here and Hamden. I genuinely am. Yeah, I've got to be focused, but yeah, and I do it. And I watch the games in such a different way than anyone else um, does because you're looking at different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's that, that, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, yep, and yep. about preparation and we do loads of race briefings for rat race sports it's, and tackling obstacles bend your knees be aware mm. of people around you or put a safety harness on when you're yeah. told to do that there's people standing looking up at the stage and going have you ever done this Keith yeah. you know and I get that banter and they go oh you're <laughs> never going to do it but it's like so how do you overcome that where people think that guy up there is telling me that I've got to do this on that obstacle but has he ever done it mm. you know now Bits and boys, but I get well briefed and I've learned yeah. from other guys in that in that industry about what to do and the key points. But also the point is you're doing it in this no, you must do this. You know, it's that little bit of humour and yeah. people yeah. you're engaging yeah. people. Now I could read a race briefing note out about tackling obstacles that lasts five minutes. People are just gonna switch off. You've got to get it down to like less than two minutes, but the key points and involve people. If someone's on fancy dress, you get them up on the stage. If it's someone's birthday, and you actually make them part of the briefing. And because I've done events for that race when I'm doing 40 briefings every mm. 15 minutes. Right. And the first one's at 8 in the morning. And yeah. you imagine by the time you get to 12 noon. The 12 noon, these people haven't been in the event village since mm. 8. So yeah. it's brand new and fresh. And you're like, you've got to keep the energy. So like working with someone like Mike, who's got ridiculous energy, he'll yeah. go in and interview people and find something and who you're here with today and what business do you work for yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so so like two people keeps that fresh. But you've got the preparation that you know, actually, well, this business is here or these people are running for charity um, or this charity has been represented here today and they've raised so much and the hashtag for that charity is this and this is a Twitter handle and all these things that after 30 minutes you're not referring to your notes mm -hmm. yeah. you just know it's, it's at Rat Race HQ is the Twitter and the event today the hashtag is this and you're just rattling off constantly social media engaging people but enthusiasm authenticity as yep. opposed to and the caterers today are selling a special deal. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. it's like... Make it a story. Make I it make a it's like, it's like Rat Race sell loads of merchandise hoodies. They put me and Mike in the hoodies. Because right. people <laughs> say, and we will joke, I say, I know this is a medium. You know, yeah. I mean, I but you joke and that's like, yeah, stick stick people in it and talk around that. Yeah. Um, and like, we used to do a joke about like those uh, Tiso watches yeah, yeah. were a sponsor. And Mike would just all on the microphone always be saying, Keith, have you got the time? And I go, and he said, Keith, I'm not, this is on the microphone. Yeah. He said, Keith, I'm not taking that time because that's not a TISO watch. <laughs> now, we'd been given a script about TISO, but all yeah. day Mike was just having a go in a positive, really bantery way yeah. about me, about asking me the time. And then said, but it's not a TISO, Keith. So I'm not interested. People will go away going, yeah, TISO watches. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that, and he's got a phenomenal message. skill at doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And doing it, uh, um, and so check him out at Mike Colin Smith on there Twitter. You. Some very funny stuff from yeah, him. Yeah. Yep. Um, Good stuff. And I kind of in the same line. Um, 
you guys both have stations, uh, radio stations, radio shows, or you have you have your Wish Entertainment that then has various radio sta- um, shows and podcasts. So yeah. you can talk a wee bit about like kind of very quickly where you think podcasts are, the importance of podcasts, and then we spoke yesterday about what you guys want to do in terms of podcasting, uh, in terms yep. of like yep. offering your services and expertise. If you're watching the video, and there's a video on Facebook, at 95 UK on Facebook, check it out and you'll see the kind of setup we've got here. It's very professional. Um, Keith's got a mixing desk in front of him. Um, so, um, you know, you, you guys know what you're doing and kind of how you want to help other businesses. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, we, we, we're quite happy to admit we've possibly arrived at this a little bit too too late, but podcasting, it, it, there's a kind of straightforward thing to do. Uh, there's a phrase I heard used around the music industry in Edinburgh in, uh, that said, if you can't find a party that you want to go to, mm-hmm. hold your, throw your yeah, own party. Yeah. So it's kind of like, right, well, we think, oh, the, the shows that we are doing. So yeah. I, do, I do a music show that's a mix of new music and pop music, and there's plenty of people doing that, but I present it with uh, a musician called Caroline Gilmore, mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more of a, a focus on female singer-songwriters. And you can do that as an hour-long podcast. Um, and we can do it live. Well, we do do it live every Monday night. It's yep. called The Cake Show. Uh, and I'll just do the plug. Whoosh.tv forward slash The Cake Show. But then such as the technology, it's then available. It's then a thing. It's then Instantly. there and a listen yep. again. Um, so we just thought that was good. And it also, when we're talking about presenting tips, when I listened back to the first few that I've been doing, I was like, oh, my... I need to improve on this. Mm. And I'm thinking, am I doing that when I'm doing a live event? And I know it's a kind of different medium, but it's really mm. focused my mind. And it's like Graham saying, you write the word slow yeah. down. So I've really found it useful. It's, it's like every day is a school day. So doing that is good. And obviously it's good PR for the business. You know, I love my music and music and sports. So it's a good opportunity to showcase some new music. And it's a good opportunity to be a little bit nostalgia mm. uh, as well and sort of linking things and finding out... Um, yeah, what music's out there that maybe you wouldn't play in a stadium. So doing that, but yeah, it's PR. And then yeah, you think, well, how, how, how do we take it to another level? And it's like loads of businesses are thinking, oh, oh, oh we should be doing a podcast. Yeah. And you Google it and you think, right, well, I can buy a microphone off Amazon and I can buy download some software, but how do you sort of glue it together? And um, and all right, well, is it going to be too noisy in this room and how you can do it? And we, we've, we've suppose, gone over that, that hump of like learning it. So any business that thought, oh, it'd be quite good to do like a 20 minute podcast or a 15 minute podcast, yeah. we've got a, we've got a new product to launch yeah. or we've got something we want to say and we could send it a press release or we could stick it on social media as just some words yeah. or we could actually talk about it. Yeah. And, and so it's that yeah. thing we just wish we could say, right, well, you've got a new product. How about the Hamden Stadium announcer being the guy that's just sort of poses, like you're doing last yep. day, just pops the question, sets it up so someone can talk passionately about what they about what they what they what, what their product is or, or what they want to do. So I mean that could be that could be a restaurant who's got right, we've got a new menu coming out for winter, or we've got a Christmas menu, or we've got a new menu this month. Because we'll come and get the chef in, we'll have a chat, and on your website someone could go, oh, that you say, oh, we're going to go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. or oh, the menus on the on the. On the, on the website, yep. oh, what's the start? Or you could say, oh, at the start of the month, you could have a 15-minute or 10-minute mm-hmm. just podcast with the chefs going, oh, on the menu, we're trying this, we've got this new produce, this new local... We, we could just sort of do that, mm-hmm. produce that for them. But Graham or me just sort of posing the questions just yep. to set up, mm-hmm. and they go, 
oh, that's a good good idea, and then you can share that out. So mm. it's thinking how we can sort of do that in terms of the the monetization. That's not just oh, yeah. the cake show is sponsored by yeah. That's one way to do it, of course. So there's that kind of things that we're looking to develop the business on. And, and, and I say it's that business-to-business thing, working with small businesses. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, that'll be really expensive to go mm-hmm. into a radio station or we want to take out some radio advertising. And it's like, well, no, actually, there's another way you could do it yep. that just gives you the edge and mm-hmm. it's pricing it affordable to other businesses. I, think. I mean, everybody, I mean, basically podcasting is, in essence, your own radio station, yeah. as you've alluded to. Um, so we've got the kit which people could come can come in and hire out for for an hour a day or whatever uh, and do it. But you know, a lot of businesses would love to be a guest on a radio program. So you've got most radio stations in the morning or the afternoon have got a, an interview with you know somebody to do with health or food, for example. Yep. So you would if you've got a rest, you would love to be invited on as an expert to talk about food on that radio show. So we're kind of offering the same service as that, and you've got the content and you can do with that content what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing in terms of when folk can listen, I mean, you know, our our podcasts are pretty much 45 minutes to an hour, and that's a good, good bus journey, train journey, yep. walking the dog. So if people look, look, yeah. in, look into, look into <clears throat> you know, listen to something um, which you can't get because you can find a podcast on anything these yeah. days. So Any I think niche. there's a mar- I think there's yeah. definitely, go back to the sort of business angle yep. on it, there is definitely a market for people to basically create their own content mm-hmm. and we are here to kind of help people create the content from a technical point of view make it sound good quality as if you were listening to the radio and therefore when folk listen to it, oh that sounds it doesn't and okay iphones etc are good quality but yeah. you can you can notice the difference yeah. so we can polish it a little bit very good what we can do with that yeah. yeah so if they're looking to um if there's a business out there that's listening and looking to record some audio content where yeah. can they find you yeah well the website is whoosh.com TV, it's W O O S H dot TV, uh, and if you go there or, or forward slash podcast, but a uh, straightforward going to the the home page, and of yeah. course we're on Twitter as well. It's at Wish Events, and we're on Instagram at Wish Events, and it's Facebook. If you search for Wish Events, <laughs> Wish Entertainment. So, and we're pretty, you know, we're we're lucky to work at a lot of yeah. events. I've got strong social media, so there's a lot of retweeting of like yeah. where we are and what we do. So, yeah, we, we generally would love to hear from people and get get ideas what what we. Can can do i think there's no kind of no kind of right or wrong way on it someone's got an idea and it's you, you you welcome the opportunity to sit down and think all right yeah are we the right people to help can we we've got this little thing and it's like just having a voice or someone that think oh yeah i reckon I, that's that's the guy at hamden yeah that's the Edinburgh rugby announcer or, or yeah. that's the sirens netball announcer and people are, and then so there's something that people there's some quirks there that people quite yeah. like yeah. um as well so yes Hopefully there's something there for someone that they're interested in. Can I put a wee plug in from that? You've not plugged yeah, your podcast. No, no, sorry, sorry Graham. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's no, fine. Um, uh, the other podcast, apart from the Cake Show, is uh, called Graham Easton's Playlist. So uh, I invite people from the Scottish sporting world to choose five tunes that's on their playlist, which they possibly use for motivational reasons as part of their warm-up. And they've got their, their big headphones or their wee headphones as part of their training or their gym. And we also uh, asked them to choose a musical specialist topic for a wee fun quiz. We've got a leaderboard uh, for that. So, um, Who have you had on? I've had recently? on. Well, the first guest we had on, delighted to have uh, British Lion Scott Hastings, who's the first guest. He chose 1982 
as a specialist topic. He yep. got four out of ten. He's he he's still bottom. You maybe oh, can't maybe maybe can't see that, Fast but he's, he's at five. the bottom. It's on the website. It's on the website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the top leaderboard is Scotland uh, basketball player plays for Glasgow. It's called Johnny Bunyan. Yep. He got ten out of ten. He chose M and M. All right. And uh, one of the funniest ones uh, was Jim Leishman, who's yep. the old Dunfermline manager, currently the the provost of the Kingdom of Fife. Really. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. He got 10 out of 10. Now, nobody would guess this specialist topic is and was West End musicals. Oh. He got 10 out of 10. And we should have filmed it like we're doing just now, but he was giving all that and, <laughs> and he got 10 out of 10. So it's a bit of fun. Um, it's a, I think like what we're trying to do is like, you know, it's the behind this, it's the human side. Yeah. It's the genuine, yeah, it's the authenticity yeah. that these people these have people got are, lives. Yeah. What do they listen to? What motivates them? Um, so, uh, you know, Obviously, a big sales pitch here, but you know it's great. Forty-five minutes listening yeah. in the car and the bus is going for a one walk. One thing, yeah. One thing I'll just say: you alluded to Hibs winning the Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. Graham yeah. had Liam Fontaine. Yeah. Oh, now now at Ross County, and there's a fantastic like insight behind the scenes oh, yeah, things yeah, regarding yeah. music that I don't think you would get in any other mm. broadcast or paper where, where yeah. because the focus of the show is on the on music, music in your life and how Liam talks about like a particular song that they were playing on the cup run, mm. and there's that type of thing. And just well, I'll do Graham's PR credit. A bit like Guy Learmouth, uh, 800 meter athlete who's yeah. off to the Commonwealth Games, about his playlist, and it's the same songs before every race. And it's that kind of insight when you talk about motivational speaking and, and music. It's yeah. like, what are these athletes and these business people listening to in the car or when they're warming up? But the Liam Fontaine one's really good to say because that's never been reported. Yeah. And it's that little thing that if you're a, a big Hibs fan, you think, oh, a really? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think you're able to sort of coax that out of the people yeah. by having yeah. music at the heart of it. Not as opposed to like your sport, and then it brings it back round to people just sort of relax, chatting away. So yeah, yeah. it's a good yeah. lesson, everybody. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, before we go, yeah. really quickly, I told you about this yesterday. Um, we're asking people to recommend someone else and call someone out to be on the next one oh, of the future oh, right. podcast right. episodes. Well, so Those... who's you got? Um, We've oh, had some good people being called out. Oh, so. I think it was probably stick with the sort of the sporting world. Then I yeah, think would be, cool. be. I mean, I think you'd. I would suggest I'm sure there'll be people at Orium yep. uh, the performance centre at yes. Heritage University yep. so we'll get specifically name names but yep. I think that's fascinating if you've yeah, not yeah. been out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in terms of everything at, at the heart of sport and people getting out and getting fit uh, and the accessibility to the public after that but I think yeah. the story and the business side of it as well yeah I think so so that would be yeah. I think if I, you know, if I was wanting to tune in to, and listen to a podcast I think that would be something I would be fascinated in. so I'm yeah, thinking right. that from my what would I like to yeah, listen to? Yeah. Someone from, from say, Orium or, or uh, certainly like a sports governing body. Yeah. Um, I suppose the other one that we work with closely and that they do a lot of kind of big events, but it's that kind of, I suppose, that behind the scenes mm. factor that it would be a company like that catalyst yeah. to provide oh, yeah. the, the sound for, I mean, all, I mean, a lot of the stuff that goes on in Edinburgh Festival Fringe, yeah. all the wee, mass, the wee venues and the big venues, the sound, the lighting, all the infrastructure, you know, yeah. I'm sure they have some great stories mm. about things that have gone well and not gone well. Uh, and also the people they've worked with, but you know they do a lot, a lot of events, I mean, not just in, in the UK yeah. but beyond. So yeah. you know that they'd be quite fascinating. Yeah. But again, it's the yeah. the kind of business model. You know, for, you know, sport is a big part of it, but so is sort of live like theatre and music and yeah, comedy definitely. and yeah. other things. You know, where is like the Hamden debate? Where is their business model and what what yeah. where are they seeing the growth markets for mm-hmm. them? Um, that would probably quite interesting in terms of the, the the business model that they use, but also the kind of you know like a lot of business. What's the behind scenes? What's the bit you don't know? 
Uh, and they play quite good. Well, isn't uh, Nick that does the sports network? As oh well. yes, Nick, uh, yes, Nick, yes. Uh, and they Nick do Oswald, a, Nick Oswald, and uh, legend sporting good. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be another one, Nick, because he's good. The network and bringing people together, bringing like-minded yep. people yeah, together yep, in yep. sport, and it uh, does a lot of good, good stuff. Uh, so again, it's these people that are just it's the proactive thing. We go back to that. Um, yeah, I say that, that I, I would. These are things I'd like to listen to. Yeah. So there, there, there we go. There you go. There's, your, there's your homework. There we go. <laughs> so catalyst. Catalyst and uh, Orium. Orium. And, and Nick from uh, Leg- Legends. Legends. He does um, promotional web um, wear, like branding and whatnot. Okay. But he yeah. did, the yeah. Sports Network is really good. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a good idea. He's very cool. proactive. Good stuff. So, Keith, Graham, thanks very much for um, having me. Pleasure. Thanks for taking an hour out of your time. No problem. Um, I know you guys are recording a bit later as well. Yeah, So, yes. um, thanks for the insight into sport, music, big events. And then a good bit of business as well. So, yeah, guys, appreciate it. No, no thank problem. you. Thanks, Thanks for your time. time. No good, worries at all. See you. Thank see you. See you later. Bye. Bye. All the best. So far on the podcast, we've been really lucky to have people that are right up at the top of their game. Graham and Keith are the perfect example of this. In their industry, putting on the show at Hamden or Murrayfield or any other big event is the absolute pinnacle. And those guys are achieving it and they're doing it so well. Just like the guys from Yatter and Robbie from Cairngorm, their passion for what they do is infectious. I try to keep the chat as general as possible as I share a lot of the same interests as the guys and I know that a lot of the audience will as well. So next time you're at Hamden or Murrayfield, then remember the voice and remember that it's those two guys and that great business that are behind it. Thanks again for listening and thanks to Graham and Keith for spending the time and for also helping me produce the podcast. If you're a small business owner and you want to start a podcast but don't know where to start, then they're the guys to speak to. They know what they're doing. They've got a studio set up on the outskirts of Edinburgh and it's there, it's ready for you to use and they can help you produce, edit and record your podcast. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks to the guys and I'll see you again really soon for another podcast.